right, church. Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Fantastic, wonderful. I love to hear that. Um, this morning, as I was praying just about church today and the family of God coming together, I just kept hearing the word refreshing. 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 And as I was going on my walk, it was just refreshing. I'm like, Lord, what does that even mean? What does that look like? He said, taste and see, taste and see the goodness of the Lord, how good, how faithful he is. And you will be refreshed in my presence, says the Lord. So I'm looking forward to having some refreshments. How many need some refreshments this morning? I'm not talking about the refreshments that come, you know, with those pops and those sodas and all that stuff. I mean the refreshing presence of God. Amen? Stand with me this morning. I'm going to read a call to worship out of Jeremiah 10. This is uh, some of the scriptures we've been reading. It says this, insomuch as there is none like you, O Lord. Church, there is none like him. It says, you are great And your name is great in might. Who would not fear you, O King of the nations? For this is your rightful due. For among all the wise men of the nations and all their kingdoms, there is none like you. Church, let's just sing to him today. For there is none like him. Nothing on this earth can satisfy. Nothing anywhere we can find but the refreshing presence of him and him alone. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. We invite you here today, changing our hearts and our lives. Lord, we just rest in your refreshing presence today. We give you all the praise and all the honor, and we glorify you for what you've done for us, what you're doing today, and what you have planned in the future. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. I'm going to release you in a few minutes to come down these center aisles and um, get your communion elements. You're going to hold on to them, and you're going to circle back to your seats, uh, and we're going to take communion together. Before I do that, I'm going to read out of Exodus 15, the song of Moses. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. 
And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. But you blew your wind and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The people will hear and be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This morning, if you've come and the enemy is pursuing you to steal, to kill, or to destroy, and so often that looks like discouragement, It looks like a diagnosis. It looks like a deflated checking account. If he has come, he has only come to steal, kill, and destroy. He is utterly defeated this morning. He is utterly defeated this morning. I don't know what it felt like to stand there and to see the arm, one of the greatest armies of the world coming. For, for me, like to, to destroy, to run down women, children, elderly. They didn't care. That sight must have been terrifying. But God rose up. He rose up to stand and to defend those whom he has redeemed. Church, that is us this morning. That is us this morning. I showed up here this morning to offer up my worship to the Lord, to open up my heart in all of the the crushed places and to let him in. So this morning, as we come to the table of communion, receive this morning, church. Receive his salvation. Receive his encouragement. Receive his unfailing love for you this morning and that divine impartation of grace that came through the breaking of the body of his son and the pouring out of his blood for the forgiveness of sins, the healing of our bodies. God, we thank you this morning and we receive. We receive and we worship you, God. In the fear of the Lord and in holiness, God, we stand in your presence. We, we raise our hands, Father, and we spread them wide because we need you. We need you, Jesus. And we receive you this morning in Jesus' name. Go ahead. You guys can move and come to the table and receive your elements. It's a scripture this morning. Out of Acts chapter 3, I don't believe I've ever read this before for communion, but says this, Repent, therefore, and be converted, 
This is Peter giving his first, his preaching engagement. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I just get goosebumps thinking of that. A time of refreshing. This time to take communion is a time of refreshing. It's a time of leaving it all, putting it all aside and thanking Him and worshiping Him and saying, I'm putting those sins, I'm repenting of these things, I'm turning away, and I just want to be in Your presence, Lord. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Thank You, Lord. Just take a moment this morning. Let's take a moment this morning. It is real, as real today as it was 2,000 years ago. We are remembering it. We are taking something from the past and we're remembering it for today. That divine impartation of grace for today. Not yesterday, not tomorrow. For today. As often as you do it, we're remembering Him. There was a word from someone that said that the Lord wants to heal this morning. He wants to heal this morning. Well, one of the ways He heals is when we take communion together. When you take communion in the church as a family by yourself, and you say, Lord, I receive Your refreshing. I receive Your healing touch and power. The price was paid on the cross for our sins, for our healing. So this morning as we take communion, I just want you to receive that refreshing in every area of your life. So just take a moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing touch. Thank you for your redemptive power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you that you are for us. Thank you, Lord, you are with us. Father, thank you for the refreshing power of your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just soak in that refreshment today from Him. It can only come from Him. He paid that price for us. Father, we just worship You and honor You. We glorify You as we take these elements today. Father, we receive the refreshing, the refreshing presence of you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Lord, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. The altar is open. If you want to come up here and worship Him up here, you can stay in your seats, but the altar is open. Let's worship. There's a real theme of water going on here this morning. As we were worshiping, um, there's two things. Uh, first was just breathe in, breathe in. I breathe in your love, oh Lord. I just breathe in your love, oh Lord. And if I was Sydney, I would have been up here singing it, but I'm not. So I was just down there singing it quietly to myself. I breathe in your love. And he showed me this picture of how when you breathe in, you oxygenate your blood. And then that blood flows to your heart. And that if the air that you're breathing is polluted, it will affect the health of the whole body. And if the air that you're breathing is polluted enough, it will affect your behavior. Um, I was watching a show, and the one character, she was just acting crazy, like weird. And they thought it was just because she was grieving a death, but it turns out her mom died and left her a car, and the car just didn't operate right and was was poisoning her with carbon monoxide and was literally changing her behavior over time and um, from that constant exposure. So church this morning, breathe in his love, breathe in his love. We have all power. We have all authority under heaven. We get to choose the air we breathe. We're not trapped. We're not trapped. We have all authority to bind and to loose, which means to to forbid or to allow. So I breathe in his love this morning. And then as Pastor Andy was talking, and he said, you know, as you wait on him, he'll flood, he'll come in like a flood. And I thought about the pool filling with water and come in like a flood and immediately I heard peace like a river and joy like a fountain and how he consumed the enemy in the in the sea in the raging sea it's like the waters refresh they cleanse they make the path through they surround us so this morning church we say just As we close this time of worship, breathe in his love and let the water of the living God wash you. The waters of his Holy Spirit, just like a flood, wash away anything and everything that needs washed away and then surround you in his peace. 
God, you're, you're just so full of metaphor this morning, and it's beautiful. Oh, you are the God of beauty, of poem and song, of art, of all things. It just flows out of who you are. Thank you. God, and you would say this morning that we, your people, are the creation that you treasure most. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We turn to you this morning, Father. We treasure you. We pour out our love to you this morning, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. I just want to close this time with just a scripture reading out of Psalm 84. It says, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from those who walk uprightly. And as I was thinking about that, we spent an hour in His presence and how much better it is than a thousand elsewhere. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay. It's always so hard for me to just leave his presence. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Do you know in that same Psalm, I think it's Psalm 84, just a few verses before that, it talks about the valley of the valley of Baca. It does, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> and um, I had a dream a couple years ago, and the word Baca flashed two times brightly and I had never I had no idea what it was I looked it up and it was like the initials for some organization I was like okay that's not it and then I just (laughs) let it be and fast forward a couple weeks and I was reading and there it was read the commentary it's the valley of weeping and the, the scripture in that same psalm is that in the valley of weeping and what are tears but water that in the valley of weeping those the tears that are shed will will fertilize the ground and will spring forth and in one translation it says that it will be filled with pools Mm. and if you look at at like new living translation or you read the commentaries it's blessings the Mm. pools equal blessings the greek word for that they translate into pools means blessings Mm. so again with the water with the water (laughs) it's good it's good (laughs) okay he's so good We're going to just continue in his presence as we greet one another, as we love on one another. Um, This is a time really just for you to show someone else that you remember them or to just connect with people. Um, It's not really eight minutes isn't enough time to have a super deep conversation, Um, but it is enough time to say, hey, how are you doing? How was that interview or how was that thing or that thing we were talking about? It's a time to connect with one another. It's why we do it. so I encourage you to, to take full advantage of that time. Also, if you uh, have a prayer request, a praise report, or a testimony, if you're a first-time guest, we welcome you. The connection cards are on the seat backs in front of you. Go ahead and fill those out, and they go in the offering buckets, which will be sitting up here during the break. So if you have tithes and offerings this morning, bring them up joyfully. Bring them up with intention and with celebration as it is a big deal to trust the Lord in every area of our lives and we just do it with great joy. Um, And lastly, if you're an ECF kid, you know you can head over to Kid Corner and grab your bag. If you're a guest, I have a special bag for kids uh, pre-K through 6th grade. 
We also have our pre-K um, ECF Littles ministry. That's ages three, four, and five. No, four, five, wrong. six. Four, five, and six. Um, and so if you are a child four, five, and six, you know Miss Jenny is waiting in the classroom for you. You can go out here and turn right. Nursery is open and staffed. Baby, zero to three. And the family room is open as well. So let's greet one another, and then we'll come back together for the word. All right, church. Settle down, everybody. Settle down. It's always hard to break everybody up from the time of fellowship. Uh, Liz does a great job at it. I'm not so great at it. I'm just trying to come up with stuff to, just to say. So what I will say is that we got two quick announcements, uh, and then uh, we're going to have... Uh, Melody Lavin come up and just share some things that are going on uh, in her ministry uh, and what God is doing and moving it really across the world, which is exciting. But how many of you are enjoying summer nights? Come on, guys. This is, I mean, the Spirited Sisters, where are you? You guys came out in full force on Friday night. I mean, you guys took up a whole table yourselves. You guys are just fellowshipping. We're playing quates. We're playing kickball. And you, you ladies are just focused. I love it. Hanging out talking to each other. Uh, we did have an incredible kickball game, a spontaneous kickball game, several almost injuries uh, to every, anybody over probably age 20, yeah, probably age over age 20. I feel like most of us nearly got hurt pretty severely, um, but we did make it through without major injuries. And then the kids, what's that? Extreme it was extreme kickball. It's a kickball like you've never seen before. Uh, so we have one more summer night coming up. We have our last summer night. Uh, it's going to be this coming Friday. And everybody say, aww. Yeah, so we got one more summer night. Uh, we have food served. It's, just, it's really like a great church picnic every Friday night. And people come out and kids are out running all over the place. We have a great time. I don't know exactly what the food is this week, but I just encourage you to come out to our last one. Starts around 5 o'clock, so just come when you can. I don't have to be there right at 5. Food is usually out on the table, served until 6, 6.30 is out there. So just come, uh, enjoy, and if you want to play kickball and you're over the age of 20, stretch before you come. Practice kicking before you come. And do not wear a sweatshirt, uh, because as Dave knows, it gets really hot when you're playing kickball. That's right. Um, so anyway, so come on out to summer nights. Uh, we're looking, we've had a great summer doing this every Friday night and just enjoying it. And then the next, the last announcement I have is we have a worship night coming up. Uh, that is on the 26th. So really these are events the next two Fridays. The 19th and the 26th is a worship night, 7 p.m. right here. Uh, in the sanctuary, so we're really kicking off school in the right way, amen? S fall is starting, school is back in session, we're just going to worship the Lord to kick off the school year, amen? We're just going to worship him, glorify him, and it's an amazing time uh, when we have our worship night. So, my last thing that we want to do is I want to introduce uh, to you, and I love this woman dearly, and she um, I, I've called her Pastor Melody, I've called her Reverend Melody, I've called her Dr. Melody, but most importantly, I call you a friend. And uh, we've worked together here when you were on staff here, and I have the pleasure to serve on the board of Victorious Living Ministries International. And so I get up to dates, I get newsletters, I get to know all the things that are going on. But we as a church support her and that ministry as well. And she happens to be in town or in Pennsylvania. Uh, she's moved to Tennessee, but she's in Pennsylvania. 
and we wanted her to come up and share for a couple minutes on what the Lord is doing at Victorious Ministries Living International. Amen. So welcome Melody up. It is so good to be home where the accent is one that I understand. Yeah, I, I tried my Oklahoma accent when we moved to Tennessee, and, and they looked at me like I was from a foreign country, because apparently it's different. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to do that for y'all today. I just won't even go there. But what's interesting is I'm not even in the country much anymore. And for those of you who have walked through life with me starting in 2010, yes, that's you, Kim and Tim. <laughs> and, and for those of you who are prayer partners... Pat, Mom, Ruth, the family, thank you. I knew I'd get choked up. I, I'm, I'm channeling Liz today. <laughs> Wait, I got to do this way. Okay. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> you know, and after a while, you're a little seasick. After they're gone, you're going, oh, my goodness. Are we on Lake Erie? But for those of you who don't know me, I had the honor of serving on staff here starting in 2010. And for a period of two years, hi, baby Doug. <laughs> hi, Brandy. Uh, we had such a wonderful time together, and that's when I met your fabulous pastors. And I, I have to say, this is one of the greatest things that God's ever done, is to show our church here what he can do in our lives. And how transition can occur seamlessly. And how much he can empower us to do what he's called us uniquely to do. Isn't it awesome to grow with God? Right, Andy? I mean, you look back 10 years ago and you're like, I'm not the same person. Or at least you should be able to say that. But what I want to do today is to just give you a quick update on what God is doing around the world, because all we hear is the crap. And yes, you can say that in church. Yeah, yes, you can. And all we hear is the negative, and all we hear is the pressure, and all we see is the food price going up, and the gas, and the schizophrenic politicians, you know, who change one day after another. And if that's all we look at, we miss what God is doing. And so when I knew I was coming up here, and by the way, yes, my dad is great. Yes, Mike is awesome. Um, Rob and Sam live in Tennessee. They just had another baby. They have two children. I'm giving you the download just really fast. Um, the first one is three years old. Her name is Annabelle. Her birthday is on September 4th. We're sort of ahead of the game right now. I'm planning a birthday party next week. Please pray for me. I will have a house full of children under the age of three. And uh, I have a new baby granddaughter. Her name is Adeline. She's two and a half months old, and it's very hard to put her down. Um, I spoil her, and I let her sleep on me, which I would never have done to my children. You know, get in the crib and stay there. I don't care if you cry. I have to clean. But with Adeline, it's like, yeah, no, no, I'm the grandmother now. But in all of these things... In all of these challenges that we face, the power of God does not cease to exist. And I want to tell you today that God is doing things around the world that you wouldn't know if I didn't tell you. Or if someone else who's out there didn't come in and say, hey, this is what's really happening. Right? And I want to give you that update in about two minutes. 
I've had the opportunity to talk to many ministers as I've traveled around the world in the last few years. And we are seeing the same things. And when I start talking, there are two main words that we hear, shift and change. God is shifting us. He is repositioning people so that we will be able to fulfill what he's called each of us uniquely to do. He's positioning the church. He's positioning the body. Now, when we get obstinate, that's when we miss it. We miss the flow of the blessing because we're in the wrong place. We miss the pass when the quarterback throws the pass because we're in the wrong place. Opportunity comes because of obedience. And we need to be in the right place at the right time. And God's doing that. But God's changing things. And Andy, as we were worshiping this morning, it just kept coming over in my spirit. There are changes coming. Changes coming for this church. Changes coming for all of us. Changes are in the wind. And it doesn't matter what we see around us because society can do what they want to do. But we have a rock upon which we stand. His name is Jesus. God is positioning people. God is training people. Victorious Living Ministries International is an international teaching organization that empowers believers to do the work of the ministry. It's 2 Timothy 2, 2 and Ephesians chapter 4, 11. So that you have the confidence, Camille, to do what you need to do when you need to do it because you have the word of God in your hands, your heart, and your mouth. And so this year alone, in this year alone, VLMI is launching three Bible schools. We launched one in March in Portugal. It's, it's operational. I'll be going back in for the third time this year in September. I'll be there for a month to teach in the school, obviously on New Testament worship and praise because that seems to be what I get to teach. Shocking, I know. And I'm going to be there with them. No, I don't speak much Portuguese, just enough to shop and to eat because those are the important things. And then I've been in and out of Kenya since I left the church, in and out of Kenya for months at a time. I think this year I will have been out of the country about six months total. So I'm gone for like, you know, a month, and then I'm home for a couple weeks and out again and home for a couple weeks. And um, the Lord had said to me last year, he said, pack your bags and don't unpack. Come home, wash your clothes, restock your toiletries, and be ready to go again. And what I find interesting is I'm like a super organized person. I know that you would never imagine that. I'm very, I'm just so flexible. No, I'm a very organized person and I like to know what God is going to do at any given time. And I like to book like a year in advance. And what I found that God's done to me and he'll do it to you, he'll shake you up. And he will get you out of your comfort zone because the calling of God trumps comfort. I'm quoting Samuel Batista, the calling of God trumps your comfort for the purpose of the kingdom. So the second school that we're launching starts in October in East Tennessee in tandem with the church there. East Tennessee Bible Training Center is starting in October. Mike is actually going to run that, teaching that. I know, right? Isn't that awesome? Get that boy back in the ministry. And then in November... In November, we are repositioning and reestablishing, relaunching a school called Entrust Bible Training Center in western Kenya. You know everybody likes to go to Nairobi. This is out in, in the bush. And we're going to be training pastors 
primarily at that one. Some of the schools we launch are for every believer. Some are to train those who are already in ministry that need to know, like some practical skills, as well as solid theology. So God's positioning his body, God is training his body, and God is empowering his body. The power of the Holy Spirit is being poured out upon this earth in a way that I have never seen before. And I've been through it all. I've been in the ministry for 41 years. That's a long time. And I look back at this, you know, the charismatic 1970s. I look at the 1980s when people really dove into the Word of God and grasped it and grew, and the 90s where we were floating on both of them, and then the 2000s where we got a little apathetic, and, the two, and then, then the, the 11s uh, when we decided that we wanted to look like the world and bring all that into the church, and now God's saying, enough. He's saying, take the church outside the four walls and take it to the world and give them something they don't have. And that is his power. That is his name. That is signs and miracles and wonders, which are the calling card of the believer's life. This is where you get tanked up to go out there and help the world. This is not the end. This is just the filling station where you receive the petrol or the gasoline for the week and take what you have already inside of you out to the world. Where I've traveled lately, there have been miracles. There have been healings. I've been praying for people, migraines being obliterated, depression leaving people and not returning because I'm in and out of these places. I do follow up. A lady came in May to a woman's meeting I did in southern Portugal, and I just ministered. I didn't know. I didn't ask. I just went down the line and ministered to people. They don't speak my language, many of them, and, and I don't speak enough Portuguese except to say, you know, glory to God. And she came back then. When I came back in town, that was March, I laid hands on her. And in May, she came up to me when I was speaking in that church, and she said, do you remember me? And, you know, I... I I see a lot of people. I hate to say no. Um, she said, I came in with a cane. I had had a stroke. I couldn't walk right. You prayed for me, and I walked out without the cane, and I haven't had that since. Now, that's the power of God, and it's available for all of us if we'll believe. In Acts chapter 3, interesting that you would have used that. In Acts chapter 3, after Peter and John had demonstrated the power of God, and they raised that lame man up, and he began to walk and leap and praise God. Peter preached, and he said to the people, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. Why? Because the man expected to receive. Now, he thought he was getting money, and God blasted that paradigm and gave him what he really needed. The power is in the name of Jesus. The power is in the name of Jesus. Don't forget who you really are. What you see in the mirror is not who you really are. Thank God. Who you really are is Christ Jesus on the earth. You're representing him. And he wants to position us, he wants to shift us, he wants to change us, equip us, and empower us so that we can represent him. He said, 
through the Apostle Paul in Philippians 2.13, and with this I will close. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. He works in you. He works with you. He works through you. I'd like to just take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for sending me. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for loving my family. I was so excited to come home. Let's pray. I want to speak a blessing over you. Heavenly Father, right now, today, all over this place, I thank you that the positioning you have longed to do in our lives, that you bring it to our remembrance or in some cases to our attention. And that right now we see clearly what you have for us in this future. It's not about survival. It's not about anger. It's not about depression. It's about looking at the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy set before him endured all things. And he despised the shame of the cross so that we could be in your family. Father, position us. And Lord, I pray that you will equip every one of us with all that we need to be able to speak life to everyone we come in contact with. Position us organizationally, strategically, geographically, structurally. Increase our sphere of influence and give us the words to say so that that which has been planted in us in, but over these years would be shown and spoken and demonstrated. And Holy Spirit, empower us now with a fresh filling so that we overflow all over this area and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I thank you that we get to be your vessels of honor, the people that you use to minister to this lost and dying world. Thank you for the privilege of service in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I bless this congregation, these precious, precious family members, I speak a blessing upon your life such that you cannot contain it. The resources necessary for this time, the equipping necessary, the positioning necessary. And I declare that the prayers I prayed for this church starting in 2010 come into effect because what I saw in the way of water was wave after wave after wave coming in that back door, Lord. Waves of your spirit washing us, equipping us, and pushing us out into the world. And I call that into being right now. Release, Lord, in Jesus' name, a fresh feeling right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. <laughs>
as we do that. So the scripture I have for our tithes and offerings this morning is out of 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 6. It says this, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? Doesn't he love a cheerful giver? I just absolutely love that scripture. That's why uh, Pastor Liz always says, you know, bring your tithes and offerings up here with joy, with a smile on your face, because it's more blessed, it's more bigger a blessing to give than it is to receive. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are calling this church to a new level, Father. You are calling us into new and greater realms and spheres of influence. Father, I thank you for those waves uh, that are coming through, Father God, of more of you, more of your spirit, Father God, in every area. Thank you, Lord, that you are equipping us and you're using us, Father God, and that you will be sending us out, Father, to reach this community and this town and northwest Pennsylvania. Father, we just lift up Melody and Mike and Sam, who's here, and their whole family and the whole ministry of Victorious Living Ministries International. Lord, we just thank you for the blessing that they are to this world. Father, we pray a blessing on these Bible schools, Lord, that are beginning to start, and the ones that are already going, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you are ministering through them, that lives are being changed, Lord. Father, thank you for continued blessing and favor as they travel around the world and around the country, Lord. And Father, we just give all these things to you, and as we give this message here that you have for us today, may our hearts be open, may our eyes be open, and our ears attuned to what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, uh, open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. And we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And we're doing a series. Uh, We just started this series last week. It's called The Spiritual Disciplines of Abstinence. And of course, I joked around a little bit about all the married couples who are like, oh. And then we really explained what we're actually talking about. And what do we actually mean by these spiritual disciplines? And what I want to open up today, before we get into Acts chapter 9, I want to define for a minute what is a discipline. I didn't do this last week. But what is a discipline? By definition, if you look on the website or you Google it, there's a bunch of different uh, definitions. And of course, there's disciplining our children. There's all kinds of different ways. But this one jumped out at me. It says, training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. Oof. Let me read that again. This, a, a discipline is a training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. And this is the world's definition of a discipline. And how is one created? Something, a discipline happens when we do something over and over and over and over again. And back at the beginning of the year, we did these these spiritual disciplines of action, and we all really like those, don't we? We love the spiritual disciplines of actions because it's like, oh man, we get to worship, we get to pray, we get to read the word, and those are all great. And I'm not saying we stop doing any of those, but I really believe that as the Lord is moving and as he is speaking and as he is calling us and as he is trying to tell us things that he wants us to go do, There's a time that we have to begin to abstain from things that we have typically done. We have to begin to slow down. 
We have to begin to stop. We have to begin to have times of silence and solitude in our life. We have to begin to look to practice something called Sabbath, which most of us have just thrown out the window. And there's things that God is calling us to begin to abstain from because in general, not this church of course, but we are becoming too much like the world. No, he just said it. We're beginning to look too much like the world. And the Lord is calling us to look differently. And the scriptures tell us we have to look differently. And in order to do that, many times when we follow the word, when we're following the word of God, we actually will look differently. And there's things that he's calling us to go do. Dallas Willard, a, a famous theologian, and he says this, that discipline for the spiritual life is nothing but an activity undertaken to bring us into more effective cooperation with Christ and his kingdom. The spiritual discipline is doing nothing more than basically aligning us to be in effective cooperation with God Almighty. Spiritual disciplines are only activities undertaken to make us capable of receiving more of his life and power without harming ourselves or others. Think about that for a second. A spiritual discipline is an activity undertaken to make us more capable of receiving his power, his life, without harming ourselves or others. That's what a discipline is. Well, what is abstinence? Again, I didn't define this last week. You don't have to turn, but 1 Peter 2, 11 says this. Beloved, I beg you, I beg you, sojourners and pilgrims, abstain, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. The Bible is clearly commanding us that we need to raise our spiritual disciplines of abstinence. There are things in our life where we have to stop doing or start doing in a way where it actually is slowing us down. And I mentioned last week, how many of you, every time you go talk to somebody, you say, hey, how you doing? And what's their response? I'm doing good, but I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Now, when you're doing what God has called you to do, I get it. People are busy and people have big lives. But that can't be the main thing that we actually hang our lives on. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and busy is not what I want to be. Busy is not what I want to be. I want to be effective for the kingdom of God at his pace, not my pace. Depending on your personality, your pace is much different. My pace is like, well, really from 5 a.m. to about 7.30 p.m., (laughs) my pace is like this, and then I just stop, (laughs) and I slow down. I'm done at 7.30. But I'm not talking about personality types at all. I'm talking about what God is doing and what he is moving in. There's a definition of this, of abstinence is this. Listen to this. Those who deny themselves, those who deny themselves, those, those wants, those desires, those things that God is telling us to stop doing, those that deny themselves will be sure to find their strength increased. When we actually stop doing things, our strength actually increases. Do you know if you, were, if you worked out at the gym and you just worked out 24-7, you know that that is actually not good for you. What happens in our body and in our muscles is that we actually have to stop 
and we have to rest in order for our bodies and our muscles to begin to repair themselves. And what happens after they rest? They're actually stronger on the opposite side of rest. And in today's world and society, we're like, we can't rest. We have no time to rest. We have to go, we have to go, we have to go, we have to go and do, 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 do. But God is calling us as a church that there is a season that we are in where, yes, there will be doing and, yes, there will be going, but there's also a time of resting, of being, and of hearing God's voice. You will be sure to find your strength increased and your affections raised and inward peace continually augmented. Don't you want to live like that? Doesn't that want to be? Okay, Psalm 46. Again, I know you're in Acts chapter 9. I'll get there. Uh, this is kind of the key verse for our, for our whole series that we're doing. And I'm not going to go through it as I did last week, but it says this. It says, be still and know that I am God. Be still first and then know that I am God. Which to me says the, if, then the opposite must also be true. So if we are moving too fast, if we are going too quickly, if we don't have time to spend with the Lord, if we can't orchestrate time in our life to be able to do certain things of abstaining and silence and solitude and reach, it says basically the opposite will then also be true. How will you know him? And I know people when they're busy, but every throughout the day there's pauses we can make and reflect on the goodness of God and what he's doing in our life. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And verse 11 then says this, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So here's the key part of this whole verse. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. And we're not hearing his voice in certain seasons, certain things. He is still there. He is still with us. And he's calling us to be still and know. So some of the spiritual disciplines we're going to go through, we can pull that chart up. Uh, these are the ones that we're going to kind of go through as uh, we do this series. Is that up there for us? I can read them off. Uh, the first one is stopping, and I'm going to do kind of part two of stopping today. There's solitude, there's silence, there's slowing, there's Sabbath, and then there's self-restraint, which is what we're going to call fasting. But as every good preacher teacher knows, everything has to start with an S, Fasting starts with an F, didn't work, and so I had to change the word as close as I could get it to make another S in there. And so last week we were talking about stopping as a practice. Stopping as a spiritual discipline, meaning to pause for a moment throughout the day. Morning, noon, and night, when we lose our peace, when something happens in a situation that God is calling us to just stop for a moment. And to ask those two questions that we saw at the beginning of Acts chapter 9. Ask those two questions. Who are you, Lord? This is Saul on the road to Damascus. Who are you, Lord? Was his first question. And his second question was, what do you want me to do? And so I've encouraged us throughout this week. Hopefully some of you have done this. I know we did it. We, you know, we would pause and just pray out of nowhere in a situation because we didn't have peace about it. But just to have this discipline daily to stop to pause for a moment, to seek God, to when we lose our peace, not to just keep blasting forward, to try to make ourselves feel better in some way, shape, or form. And a lot of times he's just saying, just stop. Well, stopping part two, what I want to talk about this morning is that there are times when God just tells us to stop 
for a period of time. He tells us to stop for a period of time, to stop doing something for a period of time. And there's this waiting period that we end up having to get into. And I want to talk this morning about how do we wait? How do we wait during this time of stopping? What do we do and how do we wait? I want to look at Acts chapter 9. I want to look at what Paul has done there. And before I get there, i got one more scripture for you. James 2, verse 26. Because here's what I know about stopping. It takes faith to stop. Church, it takes faith to stop. Because a lot of times we say, well, you know, Pastor Jason, you're saying, you know, as for the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. And we look at works as being something we're always doing. Do you know that stopping is doing something? Stopping is doing, it means you are actually coming to a stop. In order to come to a stop, you have to intentionally do something. And it requires faith to be able to stop. Because in our own hearts, in our own minds, in our own plans, we just want to keep moving forward. I feel like I'm not making progress unless I'm moving forward. But God calls us to stop. And in this passage of scripture, man, did he stop Saul, who became Paul. Man, he stopped with a hard stop. And a lot of times God in our life will call us to a hard stop for a season, for a period of time. And you have given us a word or a vision of something of the future, and we want everything in our hearts and in our minds and our power to try to grasp at that vision or that word that he given us. And we do everything in our own power to try to get there. What I'm believing that the Lord is speaking to a lot of us is there's a season and a time of waiting and stopping and allow God to do his work and not for us to try to do our own work. So Acts chapter 9 Starting in verse 8. It says, Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and he was three days without sight. But look at this. Here's the first thing. And neither ate nor drank. So the very first thing we see, that how was Saul at this time before he became Paul, how was he waiting? He decided to fast. He decided to start fasting. He said, you know what? I, I don't have sight. God arrested my attention. He told me to go to Damascus, so I did. I said, what do you want me to do? He said, go to Damascus. So he did it, and so he had to begin this waiting period. Now, this was only a couple days. How many of you have been in a season where you had to wait a lot more than a couple days? for God's promise or call or something to come to pass. How was he waiting? He was fasting. He was, he was saying, you know what? I'm going to yield. I'm going to wait. And I'm going to fast. Verse 10. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Lord, or here I am, Lord. I absolutely love that. So again, Ananias, a disciple. He's in tune with the Lord. I'm telling you, he was still and he was knowing who God was. And the Lord called out to him, Ananias. And what was his response? Here I am, Lord. Right away, he heard God's voice. Do you know in order to hear God's voice, sometimes we have to slow down. And we have to stop 
And we have to be in a place where we're able to receive and to hear what God has for us. So Ananias was listening, verse 11. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to a street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. So here we are. We got Saul, Paul, who was persecuting Christians left and right. Jesus came and got his attention big time. And he is, Jesus called him into a time of stopping and waiting. So he's just like, we're going to stop and you're going to wait. So much so that, you know what, I'm going to remove the sight. So that you can't even see. You are stopping and you are waiting. Right there. Right now. And what does Paul go do? He begins to fast. And he begins to pray. So he, as he's waiting, he is praying. And if we look earlier, he saw he was fasting. He's stopping. He is seeking. He is waiting for God. Verse 12, and in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So if you look again, I'll recap these here in a minute. I have it on a slide to recap them for you. So not only is he fasting and he's praying, which means he's not moving real quick. He's staying in Damascus. And now he's what? He's hearing from God. It didn't say that God told him on the road to Damascus that someone was going to come and he's going to receive his sight. He was told that while he was waiting. He was told that while he was waiting. In a vision, he's seen this man coming, putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Verse 13, then Ananias answered, Lord, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. How many of us have had a situation where we're having a discussion with God and we're pushing back? Come on, church. Right? You're in this moment of waiting or this thing that God has told you to go do or he's asking you to go do something and we start pushing back, right? I mean, when, we, when, we, when I got the call, when we got the call really to leave GE and to come help with the church, whether they pay you or not was what I heard. I mean, I loved my job. I finally got to the job in which I was working for at GE for 11 years. I got to the job. I was the plant manager. It's what I always wanted. I was in the job for like two months. I couldn't even enjoy it all that much. Two months. And the Lord was like, I want you to go leave GE. I'm just like, no, 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 no. I didn't hear that. That's not right. And, of course, he gave my beautiful wife confirmation during the church service. And so it was just like, all right, he's probably like, you know, this guy, Jason, he's not going to really listen to this. I'm going to have to give him all kinds of confirmation on all types of different people. And I debated him. Even after I had confirmation, I remember driving. You guys remember that big Jeep I had? Remember the big Jeep I had? I had this massive Jeep with 35-inch tires. I mean, I would roll into GE like, I don't know what. I don't just, it was this awesome Jeep. And I remember driving it arguing with God. Argue, yeah, it's just like, no, 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 no. That's not what you really want. That's not what you really want. Someone's called to finance the ministry. It's got to be me, right? And so that's what I thought it was, but that is not what God had in store. And so here's Ananias. I love this. Lord, I have heard many things about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call in your name. So Ananias is just like, hello, God, you want me to do what? You want me to pray for who? Are you kidding me? So he's pushing back. But then the Lord says this. 
The Lord said to him, verse, verse uh, 15, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him many things he must suffer from my name's sake. Ooh. So Ananias is like, okay, I'll go. So Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Spirit. That's what we were talking about here this morning. Being filled with the Spirit. Overflow, overflow of the Spirit in our lives. The point here is Ananias obeyed and a miracle occurred. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. He received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. And so we see here that Paul is waiting. And what is he doing while he's waiting? What is he doing when God has called for a stop? And I want to challenge you here this morning, every person that hears my voice, is God calling you to stop something? Is God calling you in your life to stop something? Is he calling you to stop doing something? You know, many times we do things in our life and they just become routine. They become habit. They're not actually adding any value to our lives. And I'm asking you this morning, is God calling you this morning to stop something? Maybe he's calling you to, like, Pastor Jason, what are you talking about? What about every night before you go to bed? Is there something you're doing, a habit, a discipline of watching Prime Video or watching Netflix or doing something that's adding no value to your life? Is he calling you to stop doing that? He may not be. Is he calling you to get up and begin to spend time with him in the morning? He might be. But are there things in your life that he is calling you to stop doing? And I'm telling you that when we stop doing those things, there is blessing in that. There is blessing in that. So what did Paul do? What did Paul do while he was waiting? And I've got a slide up. It says, what if, if God is asking you to stop doing something, what is it? What is it here that we can see that Paul did? Number one, he prayed. And when I'm saying praying, what did he really, what was he really doing is he was yielding his spirit. When we begin to abstain from something, when we need to be understand, we are, when we begin to pray, we have to understand that we are yielding our spirit, man. We are coming into alignment when we are praying in tongues, we are praying in another language. When we are praying, we are beginning to yield our spirit. We also saw that Paul was fasting, which means we have to also yield our bodies. When we are in a time of waiting, when you are in a time of stopping, we all want to do something, but actually it's yielding is what we actually have to go do. Yielding is the key while we're stopped. We have to yield our bodies in fasting. The next thing we have to do, as, as we saw from Paul, is we have to hear from God. We have to slow down to a point where we can hear from God, which is really yielding our thoughts. How many of us have these thoughts that just run off like crazy? We have to yield our thoughts. We have to get quiet with the Lord and meditate on his word and hear from him. And the last thing, this I think this is one of the most important things, 
and Pastor Andy does a great job of this. He'll tell you that he probably doesn't, but I believe that he does, is be present in today. We have to yield our actions to what God is asking us to do today. Grace, if you want to come back up here. These things that we have in front of us that we can do while we're waiting. And I wanted to present those to you this morning in a way because I do believe that God is calling many of us to stop doing certain things. I'm not talking about the spiritual disciplines of action, all the good things that we can do, but there are things in your life. And what I'm calling it is, is I want each and every one of you to take an inventory of your life. Take an inventory of your time. Take an inventory of where you're putting your effort, your money. Because what the Bible says is where you are doing that is where your heart truly is. And if you're putting your time and your attention and your affection on things that are not adding value in your life and into your spiritual well-being, I believe God is challenging us this morning to say, is there something that you need to stop doing? And as we stop doing those things, you say, Pastor Jason, now I've got all this time on my hands because I'm not doing such and such a thing anymore. Well, we can do what exactly Paul showed us to do. We can pray. We can hear from God. We can fast. We can yield to him. And we'll talk more about fasting in the coming weeks. I just want each of us just close our eyes and bow our heads this morning. I'm going to stop talking for just a minute. It may feel like 10 minutes because we're not used to stopping and listening. But I believe the Lord is calling us to rearrange some things in our life. And I want you just to ask him now, Lord, is there anything, Lord, is there anything currently in my life that you're asking me to stop doing, to subtract from my life? Things that aren't adding any value. Maybe he just flat out wants you to stop doing something for a period of time. So just ask him that now. Everyone with their eyes still closed and heads bowed. We're in God's presence here all morning and some of us may find it easy to hear from the Lord in those situations. I know I do. 
But the harder part is actually going and then being obedient to what he has asked you to go do Sunday afternoon, Monday morning, and for the rest of the time he's called you to do something or to stop something. So if that was you today, if you were someone who heard something from the Lord that you needed to stop doing, no one's looking around, I just want you to slip your hand up this morning. That was you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can put your hands down after you have raised them. Father, Lord, you, have, you see all those hands that went up across this church, Lord. Lord, we thank you for speaking to us. Lord, we ask that you would strengthen us to walk in obedience to you. That those things in which you've called us to stop doing in our lives, that we would have the strength to do them. And Father, as we wait, as we, some of us in a season of feeling like we're stopped and we're waiting, Lord, that we would seek you in a new way, praying and fasting, hearing from you, And Lord, that we would just be present in the moment, in today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have given us grace for today. Not for tomorrow, because we're not there yet. But Lord, that we would be present in the moment, that we would have grace for today, and we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Everyone's eyes closed and head bowed still. I want to ask a question before you guys leave. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you're saying this is a, Pastor Jason, as you're speaking, my heart is just fluttering. Something on the inside of me says that my life needs to change. I can tell you what you need is Jesus in your life. As easy and as simple as that, you need Jesus in your life. If that's you this morning, I just want you to slip your hand up. If you're here and you say, I've never made Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Put your hand up high so I can see it. Young man, I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is the day of salvation, says the Lord. Is there anybody else? You might be watching. Someone might be watching online. We're going to say this prayer together. And then that young man who raised his hand, I want you to meet me up here immediately after church. All of us can do this together. We can repeat this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and defeating death so I can have a relationship with you. Lord, I am a sinner, but I am saved by your grace. Thank you for being in my life, and I receive your love today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen, amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord. I have a, uh, just a benediction I want to read over you guys. There's some prayer teams that will be up front. If you need prayer for anything else in your life, I just want you to come up here and these guys can agree with you and pray with you. It says this, Romans 15. Just receive this benediction. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. You are dismissed, and have a wonderful week, and have a blessed, blessed day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.